0: We see why Don Lemon was demoted by CNN. The illegal alien drama continues, and we are still in a pandemic, according to our betters. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumb Asses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, well, Don Lemon, if you didn't know, Don Lemon is probably the last guy in their prime time beside Anderson Cooper that has been kicked off of primetime. And he I think it's only Anderson Cooper is left. Well, he was dumped to a show in the mornings where he has to share with three other get two other people. Yeah, it was a demotion. Well, he has proven why he was demoted. We totally get this. Nothing may everything makes sense now. First off, let's let's understand something. Don Lemon is not the smartest brightest bulb in the in the lamp. I, I'm telling you this, he's not very bright. His arguments are stupid. When he's losing an argument, he has a tendency of talking over people. He always gets the last word. He's just not a very good He's definitely not a journalist. He's not even a good commentator. So let's get to the story. So Queen Elizabeth was buried yesterday. But the debate in the media keeps going into the morality and colonialism of Great Britain throughout their history. The The media is actually demanding that the royals, which are worth billions, pay reparations for things like slavery. Now, this has been going on for years, but now this is being focused because the Queen died. There's just one problem with this argument. Slavery was ended by the British, and they actively patrolled the seas to catch slave traders. Here's a cringeworthy Don Lemon interview, and it's not cringeworthy for me. Well, I say it is. I almost felt bad for him. It looks so bad. He had this with a history professor from England, of course, and she, like the royals, he asked the professor if there should be reparations for slavery pulled out of the budget from the queen, from the uh, royals. Uh, he gets really schooled very badly here.
1: Well, this is coming when, you know, there's all of this wealth and you hear about it comes as England is facing rising cost of living, a living crisis, austerity budget cuts, and so on. And then you have those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism and they're wondering you know 100 billion dollars 24 billion dollars here and there 500 million there some people want to be paid back and uh, and members of the public are wondering why are we suffering when you are you know you have all of this vast wealth those are legitimate concerns
2: well i think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it though what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain where was the beginning of the supply chain that was in Africa, and when that crossed the entire world, when slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished sla- uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce. Was the British? In in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. Two thousand naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages, waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffing pages? Absolutely, that's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time.
1: It's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll continue to, to discuss in the future.
0: Boy, this guy is a dumb... No wonder he got demoted. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten fired. Except he's gay, and that probably has something to do with it. Here's the problem with people. Uh, When discussing slavery and reparations, slavery was done throughout the world. It was done by Africans in Africa. There are still slaves in Africa. There's tons of slaves in Asia. When you talk to a lib about this, they tell you you're wrong, and that's when you just say, "End of debate." If you 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 can't acknowledge that Africa had something to do with slavery, then we've nothing to discuss. And, and that's I, I, I did get into an argument with a black guy, and he said that's not true. there, there were no, no no That's there's a movie. There's a movie called, uh, what was it called? Um, God, I can't remember what the movie's name is. Oh, the woman King. And this is about the Dahomey tribe. Dahomey, Dahomey. I'm not sure it's, it's spelled Dahomey, but it could be Dahomey. I don't know. This is a tribe that, that had a group of women who were warriors called the Dahomey Amazons. That was about the only truth in the entire story. Now supposedly it's a very good movie. I haven't seen it. I'm not going to see it, because I don't like when Hollywood decides to rewrite history as they've done. And by the way, Hollywood has admitted they rewrote history here, okay? They admitted it, that this movie was really loosely based. Let me let me read you from Wikipedia, which is not a right-wing source for information on what they said about the Dahomey tribe or the Dahomey tribe, okay? Let me read what they're about. The growth of Dahomey Dahomey, coincided with the growth of the Atlantic slave trade, and it became known to Europeans as a major supplier of slaves. As a highly militaristic kingdom constantly organized for warfare, it captured children, women, and men during wars and raids against neighboring societies and sold them to the Atlantic slave trade in exchange for Europeans' goods, such as rifles, gunpowder, fabrics, cowrie shells, tobacco, pipes, and alcohol. Other remaining captives became slaves in Dahomey, where they worked on royal plantations and were routinely mass-executed in large-scale human sacrifices during the festival celebrations known as the Annual Customs of Dahomey. The annual customs of Dahomey, Dahomey, whatever, involved a significant collection of, and distribution of gifts and tribute, religious Vondun, Vodun, Vodun ceremonies, military parade, play, parades, and discussions by dignitaries about the future of the kingdom. In the 1840s, Dahomey began to face a decline with the British pressure to abolish the slave trade which included the British Royal Navy imposing a naval blockade against the kingdom and enforcing anti-slave patrols near its coast. Now, in the movie, they don't mention any of that stuff. In the movie, and even the Washington Post admitted it didn't talk about that. It was the evil white British colonists jumping onto Africa to a little tribe and taking it over and abusing them. And that's not what happened. I mean, I hear it's a good movie. I, it probably is. And, you know, and the, but the fact of the matter is when they sit there and say it's based on a true story, let's be careful about that crap because it doesn't sound like it's really based on any true story that I've ever heard. Okay. So let's, the drama continues with these illegal aliens from Mexico and everywhere in in Texas and Florida. So let's do a little reminder. So Ron DeSantis sent 50 illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. Greg Abbott sent about a, a couple of busloads of illegal aliens to Maryland and dropped them off in front of Kamala Harris's residence. 50 buses have been sent from El Paso to New York. By the way, the El Paso mayor is a Democrat. So you remember, we talked about this. Okay, so here's, here's an update, because I, I didn't talk about these. Um, the illegal aliens in Martha's Vineyard, they were collected by the National Guard about 44 hours after they arrived. And you should have seen all the people at Martha's Vineyards clapping. And they kept saying how, oh, our, it was so nice to have them here. I bet it was nicer when you got rid of them. So much for diversity. As we speak right now, and I'm watching Fox News, and they're waiting for this to happen. Two planes of illegal aliens are coming from, are going from, um, are going from, Florida to Delaware. And they're going to be dropped off, guess where? Right in front of Joe Biden's summer house. Now, the only problem is, um, I just would have wished that DeSantis had waited till Friday because Biden's actually going to be home on Friday, Friday night. I think it would have been just delicious to see these guys land in front of his house. Uh, Abbott sent... Several buses to Maryland again, dropped them off, and it's going to drop them off, and they actually have pictures of them. It's going to drop the illegal aliens off in front of Kamala Harris's residence. I heard it could be up to 10 buses. I don't know. That that would be awesome. Gavin Newsom's throwing an absolute fit. He says that uh, the... uh, he says that the DOJ. He sent a letter to the DOJ requesting that the DOJ investigate Ron DeSantis. Notice, not Greg Abbott. Ron DeSantis, um, as to kid, for kidnapping, that he kidnapped these illegal aliens. How do you you kidnapped these illegal aliens and sent them to Martha's Vineyard? Now, why didn't Gavin Newsom go after Greg Abbott, who did the same thing? Oh, because Gavin Newsom wants to run for president and he knows there's going to be a very good chance that Ron DeSantis, who, by the way, is becoming the face of the Republican Party now, it's not Donald Trump. There are actual articles being written about this at the Washington Post, which are just hysterical. I guess Ron DeSantis is now worse than Donald Trump, who was worse than Mitt Romney, who was worse than um. George Bush. I mean, it just keeps going. Everyone's worse than whoever. The the person that's worst is the person that actually runs against the Democrats. But in the most amazing story is a Bexar County sheriff, Javier Salazar in Texas, has decided that he's going to investigate Ron DeSantis. Now, for what crime? He doesn't know. He has no idea. So... Salazar, who, by the way, is a Democrat, he is an elected Democrat in that city, um, doesn't seem to know what's going on. So he said this. He said, he did admit some things. He did admit that all of the illegal aliens that were in his county were actually illegal, uh, were, and not illegal, duh, were actually homeless and jobless. So I'm not exactly sure what he's trying to investigate here. It seems to me that they had a better shot in Florida, definitely a better shot in uh, Martha's Vineyard. So he said this, I believe people need to be held accountable for it to extend possible. For, for it to... What did he say? I believe people need to be held accountable for it to extend possible. That's what it says. I didn't make that up. At this point, I'm not able to definitively definitively say what here's the statute that broke the either broke either federal state or local laws but what i can tell you is it's wrong just from human rights perspective what was done to these folks is wrong wow okay so oh you just think it's wrong but it's not breaking the law so what are you investigating this is what democrats do by the way this is what democrats do democrats will sit back and investigate the person not a crime usually a a prosecutor will will find a crime a possible crime and investigate the crime not the person I mean Letitia James did this in New York with Donald Trump so now they're already targeting and this is dangerous by the way this is very dangerous I can be investigated For breaking a crime? For breaking a law? You just don't know what law it is? I mean, here's the reality. Yeah, I jaywalk. I mean, come on. Anyway, so there's no crime broken here. This is just crap. He sent 50 illegals. You you might be asking why a Texas sheriff is investigating a Florida governor is because apparently those illegals were in Texas, and then they were sent from Texas to Florida, and then Florida sent them to to Martha's Vineyard. So, again, this is not going to go anywhere. DeSantis did respond on Fox News, quote, millions of people since Biden has been president illegally cro- coming across the bo- southern border. Did they freak out about that? No. You've had migrants die in the Rio Grande. You had 50 die in the Texas trailer because they were being neglected. Was there a freak out about that? No, there wasn't. As a matter of fact, those 50 that he's talking about in the trailer were actually in the sheriff's county. And he, they, there's no talk about that. You've had criminal aliens get across the southern border and victimize Americans, killing some, raping some. Was there any outrage about that? No. And then, of course, we know fentanyl deaths are at an all-time high. Where's that fentanyl coming from? It's coming from over the open southern border. And he's exactly right. This is nothing. This is just a political stunt. Just like Abbott's and and DeSantis's political stunt. It's a great political stunt. Ted Cruz even suggested, you know what? send them to a couple other rich areas like Nantucket or Palo Alto. I say send them to Malibu and Beverly Hills. Send them to Aspen, Colorado. Send them to the very wealthy north side of Chicago. Send them to Vermont. They're all sanctuary states. So dump them there. Let them deal with them. Let them ruin. It was reported that Abbott had to spend almost $15 billion just to shore up the border? That's not even his job. That's not his state's job. Oh, and by the way, a report was released today. 2.1 million illegal aliens have been arrested this year. It's September. And that doesn't include the people that got through absolutely insane so hey here's something you remember this from sunday when i when i played on my podcast yesterday remember this
2: mr president first detroit auto show in three years yeah is the pandemic over the pandemic
1: is over we still have a problem with covid we're still doing a lot of work on it uh it's but the pandemic is over if you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it.
0: I said he would, that statement would be walked back by the administration because the pandemic means power and control to these people. I, I heard, I was listening to The Five and they said, they, I think it was Jesse Water. Someone made a very good point. I don't know who made it actually. But he said, you know, If you can lock down people for the pandemic, why can't you lock them down for uh, climate change? That's a great question. Well, guess what's happening right now? Yep, they're locking it. They're walking it back. Now, there is an entire deal where the media is all pushing this. Okay, but I'm not going to play them. I'm just going to play two official voices from the Biden administration. These are Biden's guys. So, the first one we're going to listen to is the uh, Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy. Um, Yeah, he does everything but say, no, we're still in a pandemic. Listen.
1: So, two very different views there of the state of the pandemic. Is the pandemic over? Well, it's good to see you as well. I actually don't think they're all that different. What the president's reflecting is the fact that we've made tremendous progress against COVID-19. We're in a very different place now than we were at the beginning of this pandemic with significantly lower death rates. We have all of our children back in school. We have people able to go back to work, families and friends able to see each other. But he also said, you know, we have more work to do on COVID and that's right. And that's what Dr. Fauci and others have expressed as well. Uh, You know, we're losing about 400 people a day on average for this virus. We need to get that number lower. We have people who are struggling with long COVID. We need to understand more about long COVID and how to prevent it. And we also thankfully have a new updated vaccine uh, that's available that can extend people's protection, strengthen their protection against the worst outcomes of COVID. We need people to take that vaccine. So there is more work to do, no doubt. But we are in a much better place uh, than we were at the beginning of this pandemic. Well, of course, that goes without saying. And I, I mean, people effectively are treating it like it's over here in London. Where
0: He says, Listen, here's, I'm going to say this now. I'm going to say this at the end of this rant. Pandemic is over. He says we made tremendous progress, but we're not out of the woods yet. That maybe the pandemic is over. No, the pandemic is over. 400 people are dying. And that sounds like a lot. But COVID isn't going anywhere. It's going to be here for the rest of our lives. And the people who are suffering are those that are older and they could die from the flu and people who have comorbidities who could die from anything. And by the way, comorbidities, half, half the reason we have comorbidities is because people won't change their behavior. little more on that in the next story. The pandemic is over. We're just going to have to deal with it at some point. And then he brings up, Oh, but we got more vaccines. You know what? I'm done with the vaccine thing. I'm not getting... I I heard somebody say we need a vaccine every 30 days. They've now got a new vaccine that says you got to take a vaccine today and then you got to take it again in 30 days. I'm done with the vaccines. Of course... Half the reason they like the vaccines, it's a lot of money in there. thats I think that's one of the things we're really going to discover soon is those those vaccines. Those vaccines made the government and a lot of people a lot of money. And seeing how Democrats and, well, Democrats and Republicans, how politicians, all of them do this, like to play in the stock market, I wouldn't be too shocked that a lot of millionaires were made after this pandemic. My main point here, the pandemic is over and there's nothing you could do this. Nothing he can say that's going to change that. And we're going to need to stand up and say, yeah, no, we're not doing that anymore. Well, of course, what would a walkback be on the COVID virus if it didn't come from that liar of the NIH, Tony Fauci? He had a, he had a comment about... Biden's uh, comments.
1: The intensity of the outbreak now, even though it is, I believe, unacceptably high, where we're having four hundred deaths per day, when you compare it to the fulminant stages we've experienced over the past year or so, where we used to have eight hundred to nine hundred thousand cases per day and over 3,000 deaths per day. We are much better off now for a number of reasons that you mentioned. But we are not where we need to be if we're going to be able to, quote, live with the virus.
0: Now, one of the things I want to point out, Fauci does kind of a little linguistic trick. He talks about huge numbers, and they sound... Absolutely frightening with the size of those numbers. 3,000 a day. And he emphasizes that stuff. Yeah, no, he's talking about what it was a year and a half ago. But people have a tendency just to hear the huge numbers. And it's its a trick. They they do this. Because if you sit there and say, oh my God, I didn't know it was that bad. It's not that bad. 400 a day. I got news for you. 400 people die a day of... 400 don't... Die, 1,500 people die a day of cancer or 10,000 die a day. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I can't remember what it is, but it is far more than 400 a day. When the flu season hits and that's coming, I got news for you. The flu season is going to be horrid because we've been stuck inside for so long. We, we need to update our flu, uh, our flu bios People are getting flus left and right. The kids are getting sick left and right right now. So I, I, I don't want to hear it. We're going to have to live with this virus. They are not going to be able to get rid of this virus. Joe Biden, though an idiot, and probably they didn't want him to say this, was right. The pandemic is over and has been for quite a while, by the way. People are going to die of this virus, just like people are going to die of the flu. Vaccines, they proved ineffective. That's because they weren't tested. I don't want to hear any more from these people that if you get the flu, you won't end up in the hospital. We don't have any testing that proves that. That is something, they said that on Fox News today. Well, I got got the, the flu vaccine and I feel pretty good about it and i didn't and when i got covid i was hell. i i it it sucked but it was okay i made it well yeah but you're saying that the vaccine did that how do you know that maybe if you didn't have the vaccine you would have had the flu just as bad or the covid just as bad my dad is 80 almost 80 years old he got covid and he was sick for 2 days and then he was fine he was absolutely fine I've gotten COVID twice. I've survived. First time sucked. The second time, it sucked for about two days. I am vaccinated. So how do we know? We don't. That's the reality. So screw these guys. We're not listening to them anymore. We're just getting on our life. And by the way, you know, everything they've done is wrong. Right? Everyone... Everything they said, the vaccines have proven ineffective. I just told you that. You know what? Masking didn't work. Social distancing was arbitrary. That didn't work. Okay, so let's get to the, let's get to this story. Uh, One of the most dangerous comorbidities, speaking of which, for the China virus is obesity. It's one step above, I think, diabetes, which usually is caused by obesity, I'll, I'll give you a, okay I'll I'll go a step further obesity is one of the most dangerous co- comorbidities for any disease cancer heart disease diabetes um stroke anything it, it is bad it is bad this video clip is a a gal who says she's fat because of white supremacy and colonialism. Now, I do think it's stupid that she's blaming racism, and maybe I'm going to take you in a place that I don't mean to lead, because I will answer the video, but that's not really what I'm playing at here. I'm not playing, I know I ended my sentence with a preposition, bad thing, I actually have something far more important to talk about than her idiocy of white supremacy. So let's listen to the video.
3: I'm going to prove to you why white people are the reason I'm fat today. If white people didn't go looking for spices, then various sea routes to Indian subcontinent and Africa and other places of the world would not get discovered. And if they didn't get discovered, then East India Company would never come to Indian subcontinent. And if they didn't come, then the fertility of the land would not get destroyed because they forced us to cultivate tobacco and dyes and opioid, things like that. And that destroyed the fertility of my country. And then if that didn't happen, and if they didn't exploit and extract resources until my ancestors were left with nothing to eat, We wouldn't move to this grain-heavy, very little nutritious diet that we have today. Also, if white people didn't come to the Indian subcontinent, then my ancestors would not go through 50 small, medium, large famines in a period of 200 years. That's a lot. And in 1943, nearly 3 million people would not have died due to starvation and malnutrition. And if that didn't happen, then this entire place um, and the people of this place would not adapt to survive on lower calories. We also wouldn't biologically be programmed to hold on to more fat because... My genes, they always think, okay, you're gonna die. At some point, there's gonna be a famine, you will not have food, and you're gonna die. I would also not be prone to diabetes, heart, high blood pressure, um, heart diseases, and all that other things. So yeah, white people is the reason why I can't lose weight.
0: Okay, so let, let's, let's just address a couple things. First off, I, I think she's from India. Okay? So, the first thing, she blames white people for everything. Okay? Everything can be racist. Her being fat is because of racism. Or white supremacy. Or whatever she called it. You know, they had famines in India. It's all because of white people. India sold spices to white people it's white people's fault the east india company comes into india and the east india company improves the economy it's white people she comes to the united states because she's starving in india it's still white people do you realize she never blames india for any of this stuff i'm pretty sure brit britain and the united states had nothing to do with india having a famine. I mean, we have famines. They're out there. The thing we can pick up here as far as a political talk is that if you dig deep enough, if you research enough, and then you conflate, anything can be made into white supremacy. I could take that cashew that is sitting on my counter because I didn't bother throwing it out, and now I'm probably going to give an ant, that's going to come in there and those ants are going to go after that cashew. I can look up the history of cashews, conflate that history, and somehow it would be, cashews would be white supremacist. Okay? But that's not what I want you to take from the video. What I want to take from your video is that she is extremely heavy. And I'm not horribly, I, I mean, I'm not talking to Scal's three bills. This gal's probably 250 pounds, and she takes no responsibility for her own weight. She is so willing to sacrifice her health to be a victim and demonize white people that she is willing to get diabetes and die about it. And She even acknowledges all the stuff that can happen when you're overweight but white people are so evil and she's living in a white country a country well we're not in a white country anymore she's living in the united states western civilization is what we should be calling it she lives in a western civilized country and it's so evil that we are all we are all preventing her from losing weight This is a big problem because lots of people are doing this. You know, it's not that she eats too much. It's not that she eats crap. It's not because she doesn't get enough exercise because she's too busy doing stupid freaking TikTok videos about how bad white people are and how they're keeping her from losing weight. Well, here's the thing. She is going to die early. And No one will learn anything from it because they're too busy blaming white people. Instead of sitting back and saying, hey, broad, stop eating McDonald's, get off of TikTok, go take a walk or something. She'd rather blame white people. Here's another video. And this is a really disturbing trend because now fat people have become this community. I, I don't understand how fatness becomes a community. Here's a newsflash, and here's and these people. I, I'll, I'll let's just listen to the TikTok video here. This is, by the way, this video and the other one Libs of TikTok, of course, on Twitter. So, uh, and I think you can go to Libs of Tip, TikTok.com, and she actually has a, a newsletter. So let's listen to this crazy. I'll say it, this crazy bitch.
3: Hi everyone, this is just a friendly reminder that if a fat person is talking about their own experience with fat phobia, their own experience with their body, with their fat body, their larger body, their plus size body, whatever they fucking want to call it, that when a fat person is talking about their own shit, their own experience, whatever the fuck it is, that's not an invitation for thin people to insert themselves in a conversation that's not about them. Just so you know. Because when a marginalized person, yes, because fat people are marginalized, if you don't fucking understand that, then look at intersectionality and the different intersections, because body size is one of them. Back to the point. It's not an invitation for thin people to just enter into the space of fat people to talk about themselves. No offense, but this isn't fucking about you. And if you
0: think it is, that's your own fucking projection. Go to therapy and let fat and marginalized people talk. This is this is what these people think like. You know, if a thin person or what she considers thin cuz this this broad must weigh 3 and a quarter. She is she's is not skinny. You know, if a if a thin person does interfere they usually tell you lose some effing weight. Go out, take a walk, eat a eat an apple or something. Take it easy. But I I tell you what, I will and the fact of the matter is that she is talking about fat phobia to thin people tells me that she actually is concerned about her weight. Well, here's something crazy. Do something about it. Stop demonizing people that are not... I mean, I, I wouldn't consider myself thin. I'd consider myself healthy. I wouldn't consider myself thin. I work out every day. But stop demonizing people that are healthy. Here's the problem with this part. Here's the problem with this part. She is so busy demonizing thin people, she can never become a thin person. She can never lose weight. She is justifying her being a fat ass. And then anyone who's not attracted to her, or, or she just justified her reason to stay fat. And that person who says, God, you're really fat or heavy or obese, including doctors, by the way, she can say they're fat phobic. It is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. And we are a fat country. There's no question. But we also try to lose weight. I can watch TV anytime. I'm going to see four commercials about Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or something like that. People don't want to be heavy. She doesn't want to lose weight. She wants to continue her lifestyle. She's justifying her lifestyle by demonizing people who live the lifestyles they want. And then she cements it by throwing in intersectionality, which, by the way, is the biggest load of crap ever written, ever placed on human beings. People say CRT, gender, uh, radical gender theory, that all comes from intersectionality. Now, I gave you two videos where individuals have given their excuses as to why they can't do fat. Here's the problem. Here's why they're fat and why they'll never lose weight. That's what I just showed you. This is something that really bothered me and this is really the point of this story it's becoming systemic. I I have no I I This is this is a PSA that is being shown in our schools concerning food. And I think this is really disturbing. I think people should be fired for this. But it really bothers me. Listen.
3: I got us donuts. Those are so bad for you. Oh no, are they moldy? I mean, are they poisoned? Are you allergic? No, I'm just saying. Mm. You're judging my food choices based on a false standard of health again, aren't you? Guilty.
0: Diet culture, fat phobia, and systems of oppression have created false hierarchies of food and it shows up everywhere.
3: For instance, harmful thought patterns like earning food through exercising, or that dessert is the reward for the punishment of eating vegetables.
0: Remember that you do not need to earn food. We are all incorrectly taught from a young age that our size, and therefore the foods that we eat, are markers of our self-worth. Moralizing food can lead to harmful relationships with food and disordered eating. Instead of focusing on good and bad choices, try to approach food with neutrality in mind. The only foods that are bad for you are foods that contain allergens, poisons, and contaminants, or food that is spoiled or is otherwise inedible. Eat without guilt regardless of what society says. That's being shown in LA Los Angeles Unified School District. By the way, a false scientific research says that donuts are actually good for you? Food neutrality? Hey, you know something? I got news to you. Big Macs, bad. Burger King, bad. Carl's Jr., bad. French fries, bad. That doesn't mean you can't eat them, but it means you have to eat them responsibly. You can't eat them for every bloody meal. By the way, two of these gals are nutritionists. Well, one, two, one of them looks like she could. if she boarded the Titanic, she would have sunk it. She's gigantic. There's no such thing as food neutrality. There is good foods, there are bad foods. We know oil is bad. We know this. That's not false science. You eat a ton of donuts every I love donuts. I love McDonald's. I love Big Macs. I love McDonald's cheeseburgers. I love Burger King. I love Carl's Jr. For those on the east, what is what is it called? Uh Hardee's. I love White Castle. I love cake. I love crappy food. I can't eat it. Why? I get fat. Period. This weekend, I did not eat well. I gained like three pounds this weekend. Why? Because I ate like crap. I'm old and I didn't exercise. So boom, there it is. There's your scientific proof. You know, there there is scientific proof that is out there. And then there's just common sense. These people don't have either. By the way, one of the gals. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the problem. Food has become the new drug. It has become pot, which everyone's trying to legalize on the left. It has become heroin and meth. Food is the new one. Make a fat, lazy country more control. No responsibility, no self-control, no moderation. That's what they want you to understand. That's what they want you to accept. And the fact of the matter is, they'll just find a way to blame somebody else when that chick ends up... Well, that one chick was easily over 400 pounds. And by the way, go to dumbasstalkinpolitics.com, Look at the videos. All right? Um... There's no question that these people are really trying to make a really crappy and unhappy population. Hey, if you're fat, you can't drive, right? Isn't that true? Can't drive and you can't affect the climate? I bet you I I got a climate change thing about this. Oh, by the way, one of the chicks, well, maybe it's not climate change. Maybe it's just money because one of the nutritionists is the head of nutrition for Sprite for the Sprite Corporation which is a subsidiary of Coca-Cola and the Calif- the Los Angeles Unified School District is letting this gal teach your kids Okay visit my website at dumbassestalkinpolitics.com. uh we'll talk to you tomorrow this is Gene bye bye now